Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 33 degrees and cloudy at 509 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm proud to bring on my next guest, a retired Navy Rear Admiral Paul Becker, current CEO of the Becker T3 Group, consultancy, formerly Director of Intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, where he was the Principal Intelligence and Cyber Security Advisor to the Chairman who provided direct advice to the President. The U.S. Pacific Command in Hawaii, the Internal International Security Assistance Forces Joint Command in Afghanistan, Commanding Officer of the Department of Defense's largest Joint Intelligence Operations Center, at the U.S. Central Command in Tampa, and Assistant Naval Attaché to France. Admiral Becker, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Rob, good afternoon. Thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, anytime, my friend, anytime. Um, more than 160 attacks on our U.S. military assets in the Middle East, 39 attacks on shipping, including our naval assets in the area, over 100 injured soldiers, five dead now, Dozens with traumatic brain injury. We still have members in coma. What's going on in the Middle East? Uh, nothing to the U.S.'s liking. And I am somber and I am frustrated uh, over a lot of this. Somber because we've lost five service members uh, this week alone. Uh, two SEALs and three soldiers in two separate attacks. I'm surprised it's taken this long, frankly. We've been under attack uh, from Iran via its proxies for now over three months. Don't is not a strategy. It didn't work. And uh, we're now uh, at the point where our adversaries don't take us serious. If ever we needed an example that appeasement doesn't work, uh, this is it. Churchill said of appeasement uh, that it's someone who feeds an alligator and hopes that they'll be eaten last. And that's about uh, where we are. Uh, I also said I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm frustrated in that I hear the incessant declaration of public U.S. fears that we don't want a war or an escalation of conflict. And while we may not, to publicly declare that, it undermines every aspect uh, of an effective foreign policy, and it enables uh, and empowers our enemies to know where they can push our limits. We should be saying uh, words to the effect that, Iran, you've got the full might of America coming down on you now. It's going to be lethal. It's going to be swift. We're going to bring about your demise and destruction if necessary. We didn't pick this fight. You did. And here's what you're going to get in return. And uh, that's uh, the approach uh, that we should be carrying out. Uh, our deterrence posture over these last several months has been ineffective. You know, there's two elements uh, to deterrence. There's prevention and we may have uh, some fairly good defensive systems, not foolproof or perfect, uh, but there's another element to deterrence, and that's the ability to impose cost. I'll use a football analogy since we're just past championship game weekend and en route to Super Bowl. 
right? If receivers want to go over the middle on a defense, uh, some defenses can prevent it by having sticky guys with long arms and high speed that can knock down the ball. And there are others that will put you on your back and make you think twice about trying to catch a ball over the middle again. Well, we've done none of the latter and all of the former. And I think there will be a strike now. Uh, tonight or tomorrow night, I would uh, estimate at the latest. But it's probably about 90 days too late uh, to have the right impact. You know, Iran is, uh, I use the analogy, they're just like an evil octopus here. And they've got all these eight tentacled arms, which are their proxies. And they're willing to fight to the very last proxy. But they're not going to start paying attention until they start taking some shots to the core. And that's what they need to receive. Uh, and it doesn't need to be all kinetic. And it doesn't need to be all at once. Uh, there's an acronym we use for uh, deliberate defense planning uh, called DIME, D-I-M-E, uh, Diplomatic Information, Military, and Economic. The military part is self-explanatory. Uh, the economic part puts back in place the very sanctions that had Iran rolling around in 2020, you know, like a dead bug, you know, with their feet kicking in the air. They were down to just a few billion in reserves, and now they're in the tens, if not hundreds uh, of millions since the relaxing of sanctions. Heck, the United Nations even let the ballistic missile controls, uh, which prevented Iran from importing or exporting ballistic missile technology to expire. That's a diplomatic uh, implementation that needs to be in place. It doesn't just need to be the US. That's a diplomatic part to get others involved in this. And we need to incentivize others uh, to join us in this effort uh, by uh, ensuring that there'd be some negative repercussions for them if they don't uh, support this type of action. And information as well. Um, there may be non-kinetic actions to this. Use uh, of the World Wide Web, uh, use of cyber uh, tools uh, for both uh, offense and, of course, uh, Iran's a sophisticated cyber ally, uh, adversary. So uh, we'd need to bolster our own defenses. Listen, this has happened once before, and we talked about this, Rob, in November when you're kind enough to have me on the show. Uh, for those that are wringing their hands and admiring the problem that we can't have another war on our hands, if we escalate, it will create another war. Well, we've escalated uh, twice before in a significant way uh, when Iran uh, did uh, similar type activities. 1986, Reagan administration, Operation Praying Mantis, and uh, we took out some Iranian uh, ships and oil platforms, and they backed off. And then in 2020, when uh, Qasem Soleimani, the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, was taken out uh, when he landed in Baghdad, um, the Iranians backed off. They don't want a war with us, right? That doesn't mean we shouldn't 
use swift and significant force to send them a message right to the core of this evil and malign actor. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Joe Biden, when he was boarding Marine One this morning, was asked directly, obviously not what he was going to do, but he said he made the decision on what, what, what was going to happen. And he was asked specifically and directly by a reporter, will this deter Iran in the future? And his answer was, we'll see. I mean, that's not a message of, of confidence from a commander-in-chief, a message to send to the American people and to Iran, because one of the biggest things uh, that's bothered me through the past couple of days, and, and as, as a military parent, you know, operational security, OPSEC, it's drilled into us as family members, it's drilled into our children who serve in the military, it's drilled into anyone who wears a uniform, that you don't talk about those things. And this administration has been projecting, well, this is the several t things that we could strike when we decide to, and not giving nothing but basically pre-warning to mitigate damages to Iran. So, they, I mean, they've, they've obviously taken the past couple of days to rid their facilities of anything important or, or such like that. And that's, that's what really jumped out at me from this administration. The words and the tone are feeble and feckless and flaccid. Okay. Uh, in a book from uh, former uh, CIA and National Security Advisor and Secretary of Defense Gates in 2014, he highlighted you know, that uh, Joe Biden had been wrong on nearly every foreign policy and national security decision for the past four decades and the whole tone uh, that uh, this administration is setting with regard to what's happening here in the Middle East uh, is unsatisfactory, and it's creating more problems than it's solving. And you can bet China's watching this all and taking notes. Absolutely. And just this morning, the families, these gold, these new Gold Star families, um, said that they have not heard from they haven't heard from the the commander in chief they did not hear from the white house as of yet they did not get a call thankfully during this show we found out that that call was in fact made but three days for the commander in chief to call a gold star family I, i'm not sure and i hope to never know um if that's normal or not but in your experience is is that out of line is that out of place i, I don't know the timelines either rob uh President's en route a fundraising trip to Florida. Don't know what else was on his agenda. Uh, so I don't, I don't have good feedback on that one. I'm glad the call was made. Uh, the families deserve that respect. Uh, once a reservist, you're twice a citizen. It's another Churchill uh, citation. And uh, I have the utmost respect and, uh, you know, the utmost... Uh, condolences for their families yeah as as we as do we all as do we all now I, I was looking into the system that this base this this tower 22 had they had the coyote anti-drone system which f from just reading reports from the military it, it's not as a robust of a system it's it's that then it could be for that area knowing that they've dealt with drone strikes and ballistic missile strikes after that uh reading that 
back in December of 2020, uh, I'm sorry, January of 2023, a U.S. base in Syria was struck by three of these attack drones, and the Coyote system was able to take out two with a third getting in, injuring two Syrian military partners that we had at that base with them. And that was a year ago. And just this December, the Army requested more of these Coyote systems because of the demand for them. And again, after months of 160 drone and ballistic missile attacks going on. So this is obviously something that our military knew was going on. Our commander-in-chief, the people in the White House, should know what was going on. Are you familiar at all with this Coyote anti-drone system? And uh, I, I've read up on it. My, I, was, uh, I was last in uniform service six years ago before the system was fielded. So I've never seen it in operation. I've read the good reviews. You, you mentioned a key word, demand. Uh, I don't know what the inventory is. I don't know what the distribution is. Uh, I wonder how many have gone to places besides U.S. bases, you know, whether it's uh, Ukraine or whether it's to Israel. So uh, there's a, a resource distribution uh, factor here, and there's a, an operator tactical a dimension, you know, to any kind of sneak attack like this. It doesn't sound like they use electronics to defeat uh, the U.S. defensive systems, but maybe just a ruse. Uh, you could see old World War II movies of submarines trying to sneak into an enemy harbor, you know, by being quiet and operating right underneath an enemy destroyer that doesn't know it's underneath it. Uh, I've been out in the field in such situations, you know, when there have been surprise attacks and ruses, some we were effective at defending against, others not. So I, I don't want to lean too far forward and say, here's what I think it is, uh, because I, I don't have the firsthand data. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, w one of the things I wanted to touch on, too, because, uh, of course, your experience, and again, we're talking to retired Rear Admiral Paul Becker, uh, former director of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The Navy has recently reduced its education requirements for recruitment, doing away with the GED and high school requirement if you have a certain score on your entrance exam. What does that do for our military? Uh, that may provide a short-term benefit to the manpower deficit that we have in the Navy right now. Uh, the... Uh, Army and the Air Force have similar manpower shortages. For the record, and as an aside, the Marines met their recruiting goal for 2023, Rob. Uh, they still send Marines out into high schools. They still wear their uniform. They've relocated their recruiting centers to new demographic centers. And when asked, uh, what type of bonus can you give You know these new Marines? Uh, the Commandant of the Marine Corps uh, proudly say, well, you, the bonus, you get to call yourself a Marine, <laughs> right? Uh, so there's a pride uh, that, that comes along with that. But back to the Navy here. My brother was a Marine, uh, by the way. Uh, the short-term benefit, the long-term cost. We've tried this in the past. In the 70s in particular, you know, after the end of uh, conscription in the U.S., and we became an all-volunteer force, uh, when you lower the standards, the evidence was clear that there will be a lowering of performance. 
Uh, I use the uh, metaphor of barnacles, since this is a Navy discussion. Uh, what do barnacles do to a ship? Uh, they take up some space, they slow things down, and they lower performance. Uh, it was because of that lower performance uh, from the uh, non-high school grads or non-GED equivalents uh, that came in in that time frame, that, uh, that plus societal impact. We had a, a really significant drug problem, not just in the Navy, but all the armed forces. It was so rampant, in fact, late 70s, early 80s, it was the basis for the random urinalysis programs that we still have in place in the military. And that's a very good uh, deterrent as uh, an aside. But when you discourage quality from joining an organization, you, you'll just undoubtedly get a larger number of substandard performers. And that leads to a dysfunctional organization. And you may not be putting as much emphasis as you want on the be all you can be or uh, a force for good uh, and just, hey, let's keep out of trouble, right? Uh, my rule of thumb is if you lower your standards, you should lower your expectations of what will come out the other end. But that's not how the American military, it's not how the American people rightfully demand their military perform. If we're going to have a high standard military, we should hold the line on high standard people. And in my opinion, even if that means you know, uh, enduring some gaps, we should not lower the standards. Well, I appreciate that expert assessment on what's going on. And again, for a total number, I think they were saying 500 more recruits a year. You know, the benefit is not worth the, the risk there. Admiral Becker, I appreciate you joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. And, and hopefully, you know, when we have some assessments of what our response is going to be, I'm going to have you back on. Yeah, happy to do so. And best uh, to your Navy family as well, Rob. Thank you, Admiral. Thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's uh, 527 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. No reports of any major backups. Uh, we have a little bit of heavy traffic, Wyoming Avenue and Scranton. <clears throat> Some heavy traffic in Wilkesbury on North River Street. Hazel Street is also bumper to bumper. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Give my apologies to KRZ for me as well. <laughs> You're good this time. Oh, thank you. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast for meteorologist Valerie Smock. Uh, tonight, remaining mostly cloudy, low 30. Wednesday, some passing flurries in the morning, a brief partial clearing in the evening, high 40. Thursday, mostly cloudy, high 43. Friday, um, in the morning, light rain and snow, decreasing clouds through the day, breezy, high 40. Saturday, mostly sunny, high 37. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 38. Monday, still sunny, high 40. It's currently 33 degrees and cloudy right now at 528. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. Uh, 33 degrees and cloudy here at 534. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Uh, just a reminder of tomorrow's program. 
I'm going to have uh, United States Congresswoman Erin Hoochin, Indiana's 9th District. She was just down at the border, and I'm going to have her on at the 5 o'clock hour tomorrow to give us her firsthand experience, not only down at the border and what she saw and what's happening there, but in the recent uh, impeachment trial for the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, the first impeachment of a cabinet member in our lifetime. So uh, we're going to get that firsthand information tomorrow from Congresswoman Erin Hoochin of the Indiana 9th District there. So we're looking forward to that. I just saw the New York Post just posted a story where Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor is overwhelmed by the demanding Supreme Court schedule and workload, stating that she lives in frustration. So I really didn't get a chance to dive into the uh, the story as of yet, but uh, interesting, interesting to say the least. And we'll see where that goes. We also have the uh, first flight departed today from that Breeze Airways at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport, and they say there's going to be uh, more to come. Hopefully there is, and if they need an ambassador, I'm here. I'll take a monthly trip somewhere. But they have a trip to Orlando with about 30 passengers took off today, debuted out of there. The brand-new 137-seat Airbus A220-300 departed the gate at 12.20, 15 minutes early, but needed time to de-ice before taking off. News conference celebrated the first flight. Breeze Director of Airport Strategy Alignment and Planning, Dustin Cole, said Breeze would add flights every Thursday and Sunday to the existing Wednesday and Saturday flights starting May 23rd. The introductory fare will be $75 each way if a ticket is bought by February 6th, and the travel is before March 16th. To be able to add more flights before the first flight even takes off shows what we hear that the community is saying and Breeze has answered, airport director said. Interesting. I'd like to see uh, more destinations, but it's a good start. Direct flights to Florida is a good thing for our area. Love the airport here taking off. If they add a couple of other destinations, Nashville. Get some nice long weekends like a Thursday to Sunday or Thursday to Monday, Nashville. We'll, uh, we'll be on board. So if uh, they want to add other flights to other destinations, Nashville, we'll uh, check it out. <laughs> we'll check it out indeed. Um, New York State settles over Cuomo sexual harassment claims. Now, this is interesting that it goes on at the same time where there was an $83 million judgment for someone else in New York, but Gov former Governor Cuomo, the Department of Justice has settled with the New York Executive Chamber after federal investigation found that former Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed more than a dozen current and former state employees. The settlement, which is part of a civil rights settlement with Cuomo's successor, Governor Kathy Hochul, concluded that he violated federal Title 
eight rules against discrimination and retaliation by sexually harassing 13 women between 2013 and 2021 when he stepped down from office. The Justice Department said Cuomo and his staff engaged in a pattern or practice of discrimination against female employees based on sex and repeatedly subjected women in his office to non-consensual sexual contact, oogling, and gender-based nicknames. Cuomo's staff were aware of the conduct and retaliated against four of the women he harassed, the GOJ concluded. The conduct in the executive chamber under the former governor, the state's most powerful elected official, was especially egregious because of the stark power difference differential involved in the victims, lack the avenues to report and redress the harassment, Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark said in a statement. Just highlight this because you kind of see the difference in um, how this is being treated as opposed to something that may or may not have happened over 20 years ago that the person doesn't remember the date and uh, quite honestly gave a uh, statement today that is just unbelievable. Actually, the statement was last night on the Rachel Maddow show, and this is Jeannie Carroll, who was the person who won their suit for libel against Donald Trump and was awarded $83 million. And what I said is being in law enforcement and public safety for over three decades, having worked special district, special victims cases, this is not the mindset of a victim. No amount of money can ever make whole the true victim of sexual assault, nonetheless make them giddy. And that's what this was. I mean, you got to... Let me see if I can find it now. Hang on. You've talked about using some of Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know... What that might be, what that might look like. Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such, such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? <laughs> it's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right, all right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> a Although, joke. If, if me fishing in France could yeah. do something for women's rights, I would take the hint. You know, I would obviously uh, take one for the team. All right, right let me, let me, wow. <laughs> as if. So, uh, I'm just saying, someone who has worked in these type of cases, that is not the mindset of the victim of sexual assault or rape. Uh, and again, true victims of sexual assault and rape. And, and I abide by this judge, even though there's an appeal process in the way. There is no amount of money that makes whole a victim who's been sexually assaulted or raped. This woman is giddy. She's talking about buying Rachel Maddow, and she was with the two. Her two attorneys were to her left or right. She said she was buying one a motorcycle and buying the other one fishing rods, and told Rachel Maddow they're going shopping, and she can have a house in France or a penthouse. Do you want a penthouse? It's yours. This is someone who has accused at least three other people of raping her. 
that no proof was ever found and never moved forward. This is a person who told Anderson Cooper on a CNN interview that rape was sexy. Make up your own decision. I've made mine. This is not the demeanor. This is not the uh-huh. mindset of someone who not even the joke was raped. I, or think. I'm insulted as a woman to hear that. It's just incredible. And the video's out there. This was her interview last night on Rachel Maddow's show on MSNBC. And literally, women across the internet are like, "This is just unbelievable." And no, and you can hear towards the end her attorney, knowing how. Uh, cringe this was said this is a joke yeah okay but, but are you joking at this point like if you are so upset that something supposedly happened to you are you joking once you get that settlement i don't even know you know taking the interview in the first place that soon seems to me to be a little tasteless to begin with, let alone to joke and say, ha, 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 I'm buying you a penthouse. I want to do something good for women for, for with Donald Trump's money. What You know what I want to do, Rachel? We're going to go shopping. How about I'm going to donate $43 million of it, at the very least, to Victims Resources Center. I am sure our domestic violence centers in Northeast PA would certainly appreciate a portion of that. But that and that would have been the first thing to come out of my mouth if it was me. Just incredible. Just incredible. But yet Governor Cuomo, the Department of Justice, just settled with him for 13 sexual harassment complaints. No court, no trial, no nothing. Just, you know, we're going to give some money away and not charge you, but move along here. And then you and have, then this, you and have then this. Yep. Un- unreal. Disgusting. 544. We'll see if Nikki can do traffic now. Thank God there's no traffic to do. I mean, we have a little bit of heavy traffic. Market Street and Scranton looks bumper to bumper. Uh, some traffic heading up the hill, Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit. William Street and Pittston is a bit jammed up. But other than that, you are good to go on your interstates. No accidents to report. No major backups. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. And just remember out there that Pennsylvania Water Authority hearing happens at 6 o'clock at the Maison Temple in uh, Scranton. So if you're headed there or start heading there now, you can get there for the 6 o'clock meeting. It will last a couple hours if it's anything like the 1 o'clock meeting. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Valerie Smuck. Excuse me. Tuesday night remaining cloudy. Low 30. Wednesday, some passing flurries in the morning, a brief uh, partial clearing in the evening, high 40. Thursday, mostly cloudy, high 43. Friday, morning, light rain and snow, decreasing clouds through the day, breezy, high 40. Saturday, mostly sunny, 37. Sunday, mostly sunny, 38. Monday, still sunny, high 40. It's currently 32 degrees and cloudy here at 546 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It appears that uh, the majority, if not most of the texts, as a matter of fact, all of them agree with our assessment on that last uh, clip of Jeannie Carroll on the Rachel Maddow Show. Uh, listen, the case is going to be appealed. I'm not going to get into the merits of the case. Uh, being a career investigator, I have lots of questions why this case even went forward. 
let the appeals process happen. I didn't sit through the entire trial. Um, cases like this normally wouldn't make it past the interview room. You don't remember the date. Never reported anything years ago. There's just too much to list here. But this this interview that was given, and again, I, I've I've seen, I've interviewed, I've gone to court for women of true sexual assault and rape. And like I'm telling you, there is no amount of money. There is no amount of time in jail. There is no even the death of the suspect that makes them whole again. What I saw in that interview is not the demeanor of a sexual assault or rape victim. Just my professional opinion in that. And again, let the appeals process work through. Let's go to the phone now. We have uh, Scott from Alden on the state of the country. Scott. Hey, Rob. Um, look, I'm not a good speaker, but um, I am entirely pissed off at this country. Now, I'm a true red-blooded American, born in Trenton, New Jersey, grew up in Mountaintop, Pennsylvania, lived and worked up and down the East Coast from Boston to Atlanta, and life was good. What the, what the frig, Rob? I mean, I, this stuff, I hear this shit every day. Now, with this crap in, over there in the Middle East, we had such a bum in the, in the presidency. I'm quite sure Trump would have blew the hell out of most of these people that were shooting things at us. Well, and, and please try to watch the language, Scott, there. We had to, to hit, hit, hit the button there for a yeah, second. Like I said, no, no, I get, I, I get you, and I get you. I get your passion here. Um, yeah, I, I think there would have been different responses. We, list a couple of, we listed a couple of those different responses when Soleimani was taken out, when they pushed it too far, uh, with Reagan, when he took out half the Iranian Navy, when they pushed it too far. You don't well, wait. I, I, you don't wait till after 160 attacks, another 39 on our naval assets, over yeah, 100 injuries, I don't think five we deaths. Go back to Reagan, Bush. I mean, I like Bush, but um, we can't look in the past. We got to kick ass and go forward. Well, we'll see what the response is going to be. We're expecting it in the next 24 to 48 hours. It should have been 24 or 48 hours ago. Uh, and it we'll, should have happened last night. It, it should have happened the day after, within hours of, of the soldiers being confirmed killed. Uh, but but I hear you. So let's see what the response is, and we can judge it when it happens. Scott, I appreciate it. I understand your frustration. Well, how, much, how much patience should I have? Should I move to Mexico and move back over here so I can get everything for free? No, oh, I wouldn't suggest that, but uh, I, I hear what you're saying. And... Uh, we need we need we need to hold our government we need to hold our yeah. government accountable and hopefully our next election does that. Scott, I appreciate your call. Yeah, we have to. We yeah, without a doubt. We do. Yeah. We do. Okay. I hear your frustration, Scott. Let's hope it gets better. Um, let me see. Uh, I appreciate the. Uh, I got a list of some of the. The guests I do have on the show, and and I, I appreciate that you appreciate them. Um, Admiral Paul Becker, Commander Kurt Leopold. We get uh, Kevin Miller, Squadron Commander, Captain Kevin Miller. I get uh, Kirk Schlichter, Colonel. 
in our Army. I got Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, some of the best military advisors, some of the best military analysts out there in the business. And they're right here for you in Northeast Pennsylvania. I have them on regularly, and I'm going to continue to do that. Like I said, I'm definitely going to have uh, Admiral Becker, Commander Leopold, and the rest of them after we see uh, what transpires, what transpires this weekend, uh, this week, hopefully in the next 24 to 48 hours. And like I said, in I would have liked to have seen 24 or 48 hours ago, an immediate response, an immediate shock and awe type response. And again, that doesn't have to be blowing up half of Iran. I would like to see parts of it, parts or at least assets of theirs, within hours of the confirmed KIA of our three service members recently, that intelligence, Iranian intelligence ship somewhere in the Red Sea should have been at the bottom of the ocean. At the body, the bottom of that sea, and then let's get the economic. Let's get blockades. Let's get inspections on Iranian. There's, there's, like Admiral Becker said, a lot of things at our disposal. Let's start putting those sanctions back in. Just the sanctions of the Houthi rebels in Yemen, they're not the same sanctions of years ago. This is like a sanctions light. It's not the same effect. It's not the same penalties for doing business with them, but yet you'll have this administration saying, well, we put them back on the list. You didn't put them back on the list. You put them on a new list that you made up that really doesn't have the same substance. So let's be honest with the American people, especially now that there's dead soldiers and sailors. Let's see a response. And yes, we can have the conversation. Why are we even there then? We can have that conversation and do that correctly. But they were there, good choice or bad choice, regardless, and they were killed. Now, either you're going to say it's the cost of doing business, that's what they signed up for, we don't want to escalate this, let's just walk away and that's that. Or we can say we have to smack them as hard as we can to let them know that this is never going to happen again, at least for the near future because we've seen that they don't take that for the long haul. What we do, we'll see. Uh, Budgetblinds.com. You contact Budgetblinds.com, you'll get in touch with Tom or Rick. They are owners of the local Budgetblinds.com. Leaders in custom window treatments, 90% more options than you'll get at the big box store. I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it. More than you've ever seen before. It's the thing that jumped out at me the most. I've done the big box thing. I've seen what they had there. I even looked it through their special order catalogs. Nothing like Tom or Rick are going to bring out for you. 90% more options than the big box stores. Proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no questions asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. They're going to do the work for you. They're going to give you their expert opinion. That's why they are there rather than you throwing darts and, and blindfolded. Have them recommend things, show you different ideas that you never even thought of. Budgetblinds.com, you will not be disappointed. It's 557. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Again, 32 degrees outside. It's starting to get below freezing. Be careful as you're driving around. Things are going to freeze up. It's just coming up on the 6 o'clock hour. Again, I want to wish my daughter, my middle daughter, my oldest daughter, um, not my oldest child, but my oldest daughter, a happy birthday today. She turns 22, finishing up nursing school, looking to do great things and serve 
serve the community just like the rest of us in the O'Donnell clan <laughs> seem to be disposed to do. But she's doing great. I'm proud of her. And uh, proud of you guys. Thanks for joining. Tomorrow is the one-year anniversary show of the Rob O'Donnell Show. One year here with you guys. A year ago today was the first one. We stumbled through it for a week or two, and then we got the hang of it. But now we're here bringing you the best in the business. Tomorrow, remember, we got Congresswoman from Indiana, Erin Hochin, will tell us about the border and what she experienced when she was down there and what's going on in Congress in Washington. Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. God bless, be safe, and we will see you again tomorrow.